Welcome back to Slightly Bitter. What up, what up? Dude, nothing. Being sad. Trying to keep the hair in my head. I don't know. I can't really tell. There's just so much hair in the shower and stuff. And my Mm -hmm. hair does feel a little bit. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have some, uh, you know, recommendations if you want to come to my alopecia department over here. Just keep an eye out if I do have bald spots. Yeah, oh, I will. I will keep an eye. Oh, my God. Have you seen that? It's so funny because it's so accurate. Have you seen that Kardashian like clip or episode? Or oh, where Kim Kardashian is pointing out. Was it yeah. a bald spot on Courtney? Yeah. Yeah. And Courtney. Like, oh, my God, Courtney. I'm afraid for your life. Oh, my God. We need to go to the hospital right now. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I actually wrote that down as a bit recently. And then I forgot that it's kind of stealing that, I guess. But I wrote that down where I like saw this guy I used to hook up with. He used to be really hot. And then I saw him recently on Instagram. Like, I guess I haven't seen a picture of him in a while. And he's like balding and fat. And I sent it to Alyssa and I was like, oh, my God, I'm concerned for his life. Like, literally, it was like, is this real? It was I was like I hope he's okay and then I woke up the next day and I was like bitch she's fine like you're dramatic (laughs) dude I feel so bad for dudes and what they go through yeah but I feel worse because they don't even talk about it (laughs) right I feel like we'd all feel better if they talked a little bit about it yeah but nope Mm mm-hmm yaha I like how your socks say kb on them i don't know what that means for sure mm-hmm. why why it means kelly brown oh my god i have your initials <laughs> on my socks i They're own your costco. feet bitch <laughs> i didn't know that you made costco socks <laughs> i'd be a lot richer if that was the case or rich <laughs> a lot richer rich rich in general i'm so tired of being broke i'm sorry what? For people losing their hair. This is no fun. Yeah. I don't know if it's coming out or if I'm just like afraid to wash it. It might just be o- overly paranoid or stressing myself out to the point where I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's preventatives. I had a fat bald spot on my head when I was stressed like six years ago and I got it taken care of. So there's things to do for it. Does it grow back in weird? No, it was totally... It grew back fast. I got this like solution. Oh. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I went to the doctor. I had to go to a dermatologist. Yeah. And they gave me this like cream, like a solution cream. And um, they gave me the option of that or like an injection. And they were like the injection will like make the process speed up. And I was like, I'm good. No. And then I told my friend and she was like, that sounds so LA. Like they just were going to inject your head. But no, even the cream like w- helped really fast. See, I would back. do the injection. I'd be like, check <laughs> that shit. No, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little chicken. I could barely handle a facial yesterday. I have like the lowest pain tolerance. Oh yeah. And I've done the, I did the gnarly facial. I did the gnarly facial where they like draw your blood and mm-hmm. separate the plasma from it. And then they just like put, put a million like little holes in your face. That's wild. I liked it. I liked the results, except um, it really depends on because I the first person I went to, it was prof, dude. I was like, this is fucking miserable. And the lidocaine where I took a while, but I think I did two tubes, I think. And then the following times I only did like one one tube. I and then the next lady who did it was very skilled. I barely felt it. 
Thriving. Mm-hmm. What up, yo? Do you have any new jokes? No, I mean, I've, I have like written some stuff about uh, ADHD because I did go back on meds mm-hmm. and I did start going through that whole process to get mental help. So yeah, I there are, I have like a little, like kind of new bits. There's nothing tight. Like I haven't really written anything out and I've kind of just shot the shit up there. Mm-hmm. Well, your speech for your sister's wedding was very punchy and good. Was it? Yeah, it was great. I was very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> I felt like the I did a little like inside joke thing with the with the ATL the above the line which is which is a thing that at the restaurant we've all worked at and uh and then when I gave the card over Jenny's like you should explain that and I was like I feel like half the room got it and that's enough which is how I approach stand-up in general (laughs) half the room gets it that's good (laughs) yeah yeah I've been I've been having a little bit of a weird time with stand-up right now I feel like people kind of some people are forgetting that like the pandemic's still existing yeah. you know like it's still we have not got like yeah we're back to like seeing each other and stuff like that but the world hasn't like recovered from it yeah the world is still in a really weird place mm-hmm. I almost think it's a little bit weirder than when we were in the heat of the pandemic and not getting out mm-hmm. but life is probably just especially like weird from, but I've noticed other people saying it too like uh, I don't know dude and the fact that we've had to take off all that time from stand-up and have had it be a part of our lives for this long you know it's the years still went by mm-hmm. of just feeling really unproductive and lost and then questioning all the things you've invested into because you know pre-pandemic all I did every night was stand up and then mm-hmm. my day job was waiting to, and then I just all, and I would go to the, that was my whole life. Right. That was all my friends and everything just was gone. Yeah. And it, and it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to be faced with when everything that meant something to you just gets, you know, ta- is, is that disposable? Mm hmm. Definitely gives you a new outlook mm-hmm. and not a very pleasant one. Right. But we should, we should, shi- we should shift perspectives and <laughs> let's talk about the things that, that do give us a more positive outlook mm-hmm. or hopeful. Actually, you know, it's interesting because I, I tend to be negative. Sometimes I get in those ruts. Uh, but I work at like a r- restaurant where it's really important to make guests feel special. So we always ask, are you celebrating anything? And a couple weeks ago, I had a young woman like come in and sit by herself. And she mostly kind of kept herself or kept her head down. She would just like order with me and I would put it in. She had a fairly nice dinner. When I walked up to greet her, I was like, hi, how are you doing? But normally when people are by themselves, I don't ask if they're celebrating anything. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, hi, how are you doing? And she, or how are you? And she said, blessed. But this is like a month after I lost my dad. So I was like, oh, must be not. I didn't say that. But like in my head, I'm like, must be nice, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. just all, because I got, I was burnt out. I because w- when you ask that, qu- that specific question, are you celebrating the tables that aren't celebrating something? They always say like life that we're here. And mm-hmm. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. Love all that. So when she said blessed, I walked away and I just like, I feel like I didn't, I had such a negative perspective 
But at the end of their me- her meal, when I offered dessert, I asked if she wanted anything for dessert. She's like, oh, no, I have cupcakes waiting for me in the car. And so then I was like, oh, are you celebrating anything? And she's like, my dad's birthday. He passed away a year ago. And I was honestly so taken up. It's, it's crazy how I have been trying to be, and I hate the word spiritual because it's always so like, ugh, okay, but like more spiritual, more like kind of handing myself, because sometimes it feels like the world really sends you people. Yeah. I don't know. I was like a little bit taken aback because of what I was going through mm. and it like made me emotional. And then I was like, oh my mm. God. I, I, and then I, and then I kind of told her, I was like, it's kind of having, having you as a table was a blessing. Mm. But yeah, it does kind of feel like the universe sends you people that you need. Who knows what it I is. Agree. Yeah. But yeah. That's sweet. I, I'm sure you made her day too by saying that. Because like, of course. Of course. It's, it's amazing how some things can just check you. Yeah. Check you in your bad attitude. Mm. But yeah, it was it was really sweet. And I and I kind of loved that she came in and sat down by herself to mm-hmm. celebrate her dad's birthday. So I brought out dessert with a candle in it. I was like, this is for dad. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's sweet. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really sweet. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. always, I my, my uh, family always like kind of celebrates my dad's birthday. I mean, we don't like really do anything but we always have like a family group chat and just acknowledge that that was his day and yeah talk about him yeah I think it means it's it means as painful as it is now Mm -hmm. I it means a lot that it like doesn't really go away and it Mm -hmm. still kind of sits with people and I know that like even though you lost your dad so young it's still such a significant thing in your life to have had your dad and then have had to go through losing him. Yeah, it's weird. I like sometimes I think that I'm good at talking about stuff because I feel like I'm just like I'm used to talking about it. And I also think that it's like part of the process, like you're just hurting yourself holding things in. But for some reason, I have a really hard time talking about the day he died because like I remember it so well. So I like can talk about like him dying but like that specific day is like hard for me to acknowledge yeah (laughs) yeah I mean that's that's trauma uh and PTSD is real and PTSD is an interesting sort of thing to deal with because there's different degrees of it and it's just also in general different for everyone Mm -hmm. obviously some people have a lot of trauma that Mm -hmm. consumes a lot of their life but for like the first for the first two weeks so when the the night that my dad passed away Mm -hmm. uh my my sister and brother-in-law in law showed up on our doorstep yeah and um you know knocked on the door and christine actually went to answer it so when she went to the answer I guess they had told her Mm -hmm. so I was sitting in my room and I could just hear like cries Mm -hmm. obviously but I thought someone must have broken in Mm -hmm. you know so I go out and then I see Jenny and Taylor and then she's just like daddy died um and I you know that whole thing was (laughs) it was it was 
I mean, yeah, it's traumatizing, but it was nice to have them. I know they asked, they're like, would it have been better if we called? Because for the first like two weeks after that, I could still hear the crying in the walls Mm -hmm. when I would just be like laying there trying to fall asleep. And I would be really confused because I'm like, I'm not sure if Christine's like actually in the other room crying or if I'm like losing my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. And then it went away, which is Mm -hmm. good, but I still have some weird dreams yeah yeah it's just new yeah you get used to it people who have gone through it say like it better isn't the word to describe it you just get like used to it yeah yeah anyways on the topic (laughs) of my dad we were gonna talk about accountability Mm -hmm. because i've been thinking about this a lot lately because i've been going over and reflecting on the lessons that my dad taught what was important for him to teach us. So I was curious about like with you, what, what, what accountability is to you? Huh? And I was kind of curious when he brought this up. Cause I'm like, do you mean like specifically with myself or just like, like it could be both. Like, okay. Because I think that a lot of the time, the standard we hold ourselves to is a standard we hold other people to. Mm-hmm. So that could go for both. Yeah. And I think a good way to gauge it is like, what do you expect from somebody else when it comes to thinking like what makes someone else accountable? Yeah. Um, well, I'd say for example, if it's like me and someone else, I think like I always try to put myself in somebody's shoes. Like yeah. if somebody's upset with me and I don't want to get into detail because I'm a private person. <laughs> But Julia and I did get in a fight last week and I was really defensive at first and I still, you know, was upset for certain reasons, but I did take like time to like, like flip the roles and I was like, yeah, like what I did wasn't cool either. Like, I mean, I think two people can have, I think you're always allowed to feel how you feel. And there doesn't, like, necessarily have to be, like, a right... Like, two people can be mad for different reasons. But um, I still, like, think that it's important to, like, put yourself in that person's shoes. Um, Whether you're in, a like, a romantic relationship or friendship or family, whatever. Because if you hurt someone, like, you should try and understand what hurt them. Yeah. Um, And even if you don't think you did anything wrong, which I do think I did, but even if you don't, I think still being mindful enough and respectful enough to like try and not touch that area again, like if that person's sensitive towards it. I don't know if I'm, I'm probably being too vague, but you know, because there are times where people like genuinely feel like they did not do anything wrong. But if somebody's really upset by something like you should, you should still try and be sensitive to that, I think. Right. To an extent. Yeah. I think having compassion and trying to get perspective is always great. A really great way to be productive and progressing in your relationships in life in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to like, I, I definitely try to accept that I have faults, not in a way where I'm like, I accept that I have these faults, Mm -hmm. but this, this is why I was thinking about accountability because like, I think it's really easy to just be like, sorry about it. Mm -hmm. But this is what made me think back to my dad because my 
dad was one of the probably the most accountable man I ever knew and he never apologized oh wow but it but now that I think about it (laughs) I mean there were probably times where that would have been good but one thing he used to try to teach us was to stop apologizing Mm. which sounds like what but I think in in his way of teaching us accountability he was trying to say that the most accountable people don't need to apologize. Yeah. They show up. And mm. and then also he he wanted to stress the war like he was he it was important for him for those words for like I'm sorry to mean something. Yeah, totally. Cuz it's so easy to just be like I'm sorry or yeah. I'm sorry I'm the way I am. And he like he also he didn't like it when we said I love you too much. He mm. really wanted words to because I think the way he saw it is like yes words are easy which is why it's important that you make it mean something for sure and I thought you know I really thought back on it especially at the moment but like my dad was really accountable like he really showed up for people Mm. in his life and that really stuck with people even people he didn't talk to for years and years like it really stuck with people that he showed up and people could count on him which Mm. is very interesting because like my dad really was not a very apologetic person he was very direct and sometimes like it was like because we would be like you're judging because he would be very direct and we'd Mm -hmm. be like you're judging me and he's like you're gonna be judged you sound a lot like your dad (laughs) no in a great way oh you mean like as just in general yeah like yeah no your voice no (laughs) no you as a as a person no just like yeah that's like I feel like you just Certain things he's taught you, I feel like you definitely practice those things. But what's interesting, because I was thinking about my sister, Christine, who was on the last podcast. And I was thinking about her situation with the guy and her and I having like conflict over that situation. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is like what she got from like the lessons of my dad is, is words mean something like words really mean something to her because they are not easy for her. Mm hmm. And my mom pointed that out to me because I was getting frustrated with the like, I, I definitely sum people up more on their actions than their words. I think words are easy. I think words are easy for me. Mm -hmm. I try to be like conscious of that and change that. But what I, but when I was talking to my mom about the situation, she will, she was like, well, I think that that's different for people. Cause yeah, maybe it's easy for me to be like, well, his actions like to, to judge people on their actions, but for someone who words aren't easy for when they're hearing those things, it means more to them. Mm-hmm. I try to be wary of apologizing. Sometimes I like I over apologize. Mm-hmm. I either over, but like when I need to apologize for something and mean it, I'll take my time on it. Yeah. But I hate that I'm one of those. I'm sorry. People in the moment when I'm just like walking past someone and they need to like step off yeah, to right. the right a little bit more. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, fuck, why am I sorry? <laughs> when I was a kid, um, my friends would like mo- like make fun of me because I would always say no offense. Really? Like all the time. When I was like 10, I'd be like, no offense, but I don't like mashed potatoes. I do like mashed potatoes. <laughs> but that was just an example. I do like them. But yeah, they were like, why are you saying no offense? Like, that's not offensive. So I would just, yeah, I would, I do apologize too much as well. But as far as self-accountability, what, what could you, cause you, I was like trying to kind of ask what you meant by that. You could give an example by yourself. Uh, self-accountability. I think that like I, if I'm, I'm 
being honest about I'm generally a pretty accountable person but like I can and this is where I feel like I've fallen off maybe in the past couple years and I talked about this on a podcast before where I was talking about my with Alex uh and I mentioned that I feel like in the past couple years I sort of fallen off or I got like a little bit selfish Mm. I maybe like wasn't as in tune with who I was and I was more acting on like trying to have a tough exterior or not like getting hurt Mm -hmm. by I don't know self-accountability oh I guess I'm getting confused you there are two different you were saying self-validation I'm getting oh we're moving on to no we don't have to move on I just for some reason I got the two confused but whatever you're feeling Mm -hmm. oh I brought up self-validating uh, I brought up the whole point of, so th- therapy is great. And I think my hang up with therapy is I think that people sometimes get the wrong idea. In that therapy, you're supposed to go there and through it, there's their guide mm-hmm. for sure. But you're supposed to learn how to like self-validate. Right. And then there's a level of where people avoid therapy. And I do some things that like people are not. But I find that I, I like to do like, like I bake I like to bake and I like to clean my apartment if I'm like stressed or I need to, I just need to do these little little accomplishments. Like I need to accomplish something small Mm -hmm. makes me feel self-validated. But I was thinking about this because I was thinking about dating and like how we approach things now in the world of it because like everything is so casual. We have apps, people are so available and it almost seems like people aren't really looking for something real or to build something or a genuine connection. They're just like looking for something easy so they can feel better in the moment. Totally. So now I'm pulling a you. (laughs) A me and you're like, I don't want to use dating apps. (laughs) Well, it's not even I don't want to use dating apps. No, but what do you mean by me? That's what I thought. No, no, I'm taking a step back from well I'm making a joke on the like where you're like I'm going abstinent (laughs) but I'm not saying I'm going abstinent what I am saying is that I'm taking a step back Mm -hmm. from like trying to use certain things as a way to feel intimate with somebody because what I've realized is that what I probably do is I look for an easy way to like be intimate with something somebody because it's something I feel like I've been starved of Mm -hmm. but I'm afraid to commit or connect with somebody or rely on somebody or open myself up to the point of getting hurt so I find it easier to just kind of like you know not take people as seriously and then and then yeah you just have and it makes you feel worse ultimately Mm -hmm. I think you know, casual hooking up or sex or whatever you do, or even just dating, dating a bunch is a really like, and I feel like I just need to approach things more slowly Hmm. and maybe by sort of in a way starving myself of sexual intimacy, I can find a way to connect to somebody and find intimacy in a connection versus just getting naked with somebody oh you know what I mean okay all right so I'm I'm basically right now not necessarily trying to date but trying to work on self-validating because Mm -hmm. I think through that that can make me better for me and then better for a potential future mate (laughs) yeah partner that's cool 
Well, I <laughs> I like to do little independent trips. I haven't been yeah. in the best mental state <laughs> lately. Been pretty pretty anxious, so I'm going to take a little trip this weekend. And I think even just the drive alone will like let me kind of clear my head, be in my own space and recenter. Because I've talked about this too in the past where I noticed like years ago, I would be very codependent on people. And I mean, I still have a little bit of that. But yeah, I would just like whenever I was anxious, think that I would need to like be surrounded by comfort. And the older I get, but mainly like beginning of the pandemic kind of taught me that like I'm a little more introverted than I thought and that it's really healthy to like just step away from the noise sometimes and uh, just, I don't know what the word is, rejuvenate. (laughs) Yeah, no, take time to yourself. I think it's good to, that. that's a really, that is great. Just be in nature and stuff. I don't know, dude. It's weird. I I keep kind of like going back to this thing where I'm like, I'm tired of being disappointed in people, you know, but then I think about it and I'm like, I also am kind of tired of disappointing myself. <laughs> like I get in these, I mean, I also have the same problem where I, um, where I, it's hard for me to get, like, I'm scared of getting close to somebody, but I kind of do the opposite where I, I don't know, I feel like I... Maybe I should date more. I don't know what the answer is. But I'm just like, I need to step out of my comfort zone. And just, I don't really know what the right answer is. I think I just need to like, stop being afraid of things. And I was talking to my therapist recently, because like, when I was younger, I used to think that I wanted like kids and marriage and everything. And I'm like, kind of ashamed. It's like, kind of a catch-22 I'm kind of ashamed and embarrassed that like at almost 28 I don't know like I don't know if I want those things and like part of it is like but that's better part of it is better because I'm not desperate no no I mean like don't decide I know but it's also kind of like it kind of saddens me in a way because it's like I can miss out on like a great person or I could hurt somebody because they know what they want and I'm fucking confused and it's and I guess it's not even like necessarily being confused it's being scared you know and like I just I have a lot of things that I'm just scared of and want to protect myself and I don't know. Well, I think we can acknowledge that dating right now, especially where we are, is a freaking shit show. It's. I was kidding, by the way, about dating more. I don't need to date more, and that's not my style. I just think dating isn't as fun anymore, and I can get why. Like, it seems weird to. I I don't feel a desire to settle down or have kids with somebody because I haven't met somebody. Like, I haven't. You know, I. It's it's been bizarre. Like. Dating? Yeah, it's easier to to picture that when you're like in love. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's almost like what I I don't think I could I don't think I would feel safe with everything. I don't know, not safe. But people aren't really good to each other anymore. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like not to toot my own Wait. horn. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just going to say not to toot my own horn, but like I genuinely love loving. Like I love being a friend, I love when I'm happy in a relationship. I love to like love that person, be a good girlfriend. 
But when I'm not, when I'm not in something, I fucking self-sabotage and I don't know how to stop. Like, I truly don't know how to, like, stop being afraid. And I was telling my therapist this. I ended up journaling it. But I was just like, I wish that I was, like, less fragile and more resilient and, like, excited to take risks and excited to have fun. Like, why am I so scared of getting hurt, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm with you on that, woman. <laughs> it, well... I guess we kind of have to accept that getting hurt is part of the process, but like, it's also, if we can start to appreciate the hurt we've experienced, that is a sign of having had healed actually, which I actually, I feel like despite there are parts that still need work Mm -hmm. and there are obviously things like in recent events that I also need to work through. But I've come a long way. Like, I feel like a healed person. Mm -hmm. I feel a little bit more grown. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like a different person. I like now versus the girl who was in relationships. Have you the relationships I've experienced? I think I only really experienced sort of as a child. Like, I still was very much like a kid. I wasn't really self sufficient. I wasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. determined. And I, and I was probably a lot, I think that like, it's going to be harder for someone to be able to date me now. I have a lot less tolerance Mm -hmm. and I think I kind of had this, I got it in my head where I was like, I haven't had luck dating. The only men who like me now are like 15 years older than me. (laughs) guys who are age appropriate just don't even like me anymore because they still like 22 year olds but I realized that like I'm not as easy to like when I was 22 I was the one doing the pleasing like I was like I just want I just want you to like me and I was just trying to win them over um and now I don't like have space or energy for that so I imagine that I'm not gonna have as easy of a time finding a connection because it's gonna have to be someone great yeah it's so funny the things I was because I was thinking about that too I was like there's this guy that ghosted me when I was like 19 or 20 and we're like dating and then he ghosted me and uh, we were dating for like three months and he he goes to me and then he texts me back like or he texts me like three weeks after like ghosting me and I w- must have been completely insecure or something and I literally like responded like not like no big deal really and yeah and I like I think I I think I might have addressed it in person but like yeah over text when he was like hey I think he had some excuse like his phone broke or some stupid shit where I'm like oh really you could have found a way to contact me but um I was just like oh my god miss you and then like hung out with him and I was like I literally was laughing about it in the car today because I was like are you kidding me I would totally not respond now which I mean think I mean I would fucking hope so at 27 that I would have enough self-respect, but I can't even believe. And it's like, okay, whatever. I was young, but like, ew, why would I even give him the time of day? Yeah. (sighs) No, I guess that's true. I've definitely had my fair share of, (laughs) I mean, not even that long. I've, 
I mean, I've done that in recent things. I The problem is, is like, I don't know where to, sometimes I lose, re- in that situation, sometimes I'm like, yeah, down the line, you might have also just like lost interest in the, the like, because it was a short time that you dated, you might have just yeah. kind of like lost interest in the situation enough for it to not affect you in that moment. But then looking back on it and reflecting, you're like, oh, what he did was fucked up and I shouldn't have let them him do that to me. But also part of the reason why you might have responded and acted like it was no big deal was partially because like it didn't even feel like a big deal in that moment. You know what I mean? I know. I just think I like didn't have high standards because I've had situations like that happen like the last year where guys like decide to ghost me and then hit me up on their convenience and I just ignore them. Yeah. Because like, what are you serving? I mean, like, first of all, I'm not waiting around for you. So the nerve for you to think that I would even reply is funny. But second of all, like, we're adults, like, just be respectful. Just Mm -hmm. fucking be respectful. I don't the disrespect I can't stand. And that's like a thing people just do for fun. Like, well, that's the part I don't. And I don't know how much guys get it on their side, because I feel like I pay I like am pretty respectful. I have my moments where I'm not perfect when it comes to just ending something with someone. I tend to just like I have a habit of ghosting because I'm like, well, why? I feel like that is enough. Like if you're not really being responsive or you're easing out of responses, I for some reason I'm like, well, that's something I understand. But no, it's so I've worked on ending things. Mm hmm. I'm also just so confrontational like but yeah I don't get it it's like a guy thing to just like be completely and utterly like what the fuck dude like why because it's like do you want to hurt my like why do you want do you want me to you want to affect my self-esteem like what yeah I mean it's like first of all like there's other girls like Mm -hmm. why do you need to like even bother but I'm just so confrontational that like I don't fuck with you acting like you didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. At least like be respectful enough to be like, yeah, that wasn't cool of me. Like, hope you're doing well. You know what I mean? Like that I fuck with that. I'm like, all right. I Mm -hmm. you know what? Maybe you get a second chance. But because actually the guy that ghosted me when I was like 19. Yeah. He ended up apologizing me like to me like years later because after after he like messaged me, we like kind of hung out again and then he like officially ghosted me for good. Um, But then he messaged me like a couple like a few years later when I was in a relationship and he was just like, hey, like I like what I did was like really not cool. And like I just wasn't in a good place in my life at that time. But like it was like really shitty of me. And. I was like, dude, it's been years, but like, I really appreciate you just being, Mm -hmm. having, taking fucking accountability. Cause yeah, it wasn't cool. We were like dating. Yeah. Which like, I'm on you. I'm, I'm on it with you, uh, in the sense that like, I feel like everybody assumes everybody owes people something. Like, if you haven't really been, if you've just been hanging a couple times, like, you don't really owe the person this long, dramatic thing. But I just do think that there is a respect thing where you can apologize if you were shitty to someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that I've definitely been frustrated in where I've I've been very direct and specific with somebody Mm -hmm. and they still couldn't do what I specifically asked for right Mm -hmm. that that I get a little bit more hung I because I'm generally not somebody 
I, I try to go, not that I think that you shouldn't, you should hold people accountable, but I try not to hold people accountable for the way I feel. Mm. I try to take accountability for my own feelings Yeah, because I just think that blaming other people and like putting myself in the victim sort of state doesn't really serve me. Yeah. It kind of makes me more feel sorry for myself. Whereas I can just like, I can, I I can be accountable for my own feelings and what I can do with somebody is I can directly communicate with them. Mm. So as far as like the stuff where, where you're just in that like icky murky water where things are just unclear, then I don't know. But I get really upset when I've like when I've specifically, you know, told somebody and they still just, I don't know. That's bugging me. I feel like I need to fix the table. Oh, (laughs) I mean, yeah, if it's something that would bug me too. Um, Sorry, what what do you mean oh, exactly? Yeah. Oh, um I can't really I've I've had times where I've been ghosted. Like the second guy I was ever with, it was like after That's a relationship. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the second guy I was ever with just ghosted me. And um I remember he I could tell he felt sorry for me because he was kind of talking to me but a little bit distant. And he would sort of entertain me, but I could tell, like, I could tell that that he wasn't that into it Mm -hmm. and he could have just said something, I guess. But, but I think the fact that I could tell was enough. So we talked for a little bit after that, but I could tell he was distant. So I kind of was just like, okay. And like, I left it and then he started posting with a new girl. So I guess he like, (laughs) he had a lady, but he could have been direct with me, but I also didn't ask it of him that's so yeah so I kind of like then I felt like uh, that was enough it kind of sucked and it was kind of shitty like he definitely psyched me out and acted like he liked me to sleep with me and it was a shitty thing to do that's gross that's actually also coercion and it's Uh, all it is it's technically like if it's technically guys assault if you are not honest with somebody in order to like get them to have sex with you. So you have stated, you stated the circumstances under which she was willing to have sex with you. And then, and then you were dishonest. So that's how, what I was talking about on Alex's episode with me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is very fucked up. Mm -hmm. And that people should be, and apparently in some state they've had some success with like, with charging people with that. Because psyching people <laughs> in order to like get them to sleep with you is is a little rapey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I actually really do have a heart like a conflicting opinion on ghosting because I do think in certain scenarios I don't know, I certain scenarios I really don't think somebody's responsible to like or like owes you that, right? But then I also am just like but why do you need to ghost? Like you can mm-hmm. just it's so weird how scared people are of confrontation. I don't get it. it. Yeah. It saves everybody time. You're making yourself more anxious by avoiding. You're making the other person more anxious by avoiding. Did you ever ask for clarity? Not that saying that it was your responsibility. With, who? with the guy who ghosted you. Did you ever reach what, out? Oh, the second yeah. dude I was with. So the first time he did when those like three weeks went by, I can't remember, honestly. I think I just left it 
Um, and then the second time when he like officially did, I ran into him at a party. Oh, shoot. Yeah, like maybe a month later or something. And I confronted him. And I basically was like, I, I basically was like, why did you just like stop talking to me? And he was like, oh, because when he, oh, I'm sorry. I'm actually telling this story wrong. I'm actually telling this story wrong. He, he ghosted me for the second time, but then I think I reached out. Yeah. And then he actually texted me back when I finally reached out and he was like, hey, I'm not in the place for a relationship. He really like did me kind of dirty because he was like really into me heavy when I was like kind of not trying to rush things. And then when I finally started like being into him at like an appropriate time, he like acted like I was like being too much. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, when I um, when I confront or when I sent him the text, when I was like, what's going on you know um because basically he took me out on my birthday after he goes to me for those three weeks he took he he fine he after the three weeks he reached out and then took me out on my birthday and then after my birthday I never heard from him again so then I reached and I kind of knew like the vibe was off it was just weird so then I texted him like a couple weeks later and was like basically like uh what's going on And he was like, I'm just not in like a space right now for this. And then I think I said something like pretty cringy. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm embarrassed right now thinking how dramatic I was. I was 19 people. (laughs) But I think I said he was like a couple years older. I think I said something like, I wish you told me that before I like fell for you, which well, I'm having a deja vu, which to be fair, in all defense, I did not mean I love you. Like I'm fully I was fully aware I wasn't in love with him. I wasn't that immature, but I no, I think it didn't need to be that dramatic. Uh, I think it okay I think it makes sense what you said pro I did and I think it came across I don't think you were like a ba- well some dumb dude is gonna be like oh my god she's so in love with me because he's <laughs> pathetic and dumb but like I know no, what you meant because I would you, never say that now but but like you you and I both especially at that time in our life had standards for somebody that we like had sex with right and still do for sure <laughs> So, uh, but, but what I mean is like what he did was fucked up and he knew that and he understood that. And he was like, I have to do these things in order to get. Yeah. So that's what I think that's what I meant as I was like, it kind of took me some time to like, I don't know. It just, it, it didn't feel good. So then when I ran into him at the party and confronted him, he was like really mean to me. And he was just like, what you texted me was like so childish and immature like what do you mean you fell for me and I was like dude you were like all hot and heavy like two weeks in you were buying me like a fat bouquet of roses yeah you were like telling me you miss me like you wanted something I took a little longer and then but I was like never mean to him I was just like not trying to like be like rush into anything and then when I was taking it at like a normal pace and stuff that freaked you out that's that's not cool I didn't say I was in love with you and so we like I don't really know how we ended the convo but um yeah so then years later when he apologized he basically said he was like I feel really bad to this day because I never was like trying to get in your pants like I just genuinely was in a shitty place and to be fair to his defense I do think there is a difference between like shitty shitty guys and him whereas like he suffers I don't want to get into details but he suffers from some addiction stuff and different things where I genuinely do think that uh his mental health kind of like 
ruins his relationships. Yeah, uh, that's another thing I want to point out. How about we fix our shit before we drag other people through it? Yeah. And oh, okay, here's the thing. I think that in a way, I think you can like be with people and date mm-hmm. people and be going through stuff and uh, figure out a way to like not put them through it. I just think that a lot of people take the shit they're going through Mm -hmm. and use it as a way to sort of justify their behavior. Like I'm really going through shit kind of like here. Okay. The way I see it is I am, I'm not, I'm not normally a tardy person. Mm -hmm. I have been late since my dad died. I've been late late to work like every single day. Mm -hmm. And my job has been really patient and compassionate with me yeah and then the other night my like my my boss mentioned something about it where he's like it's just an everyday thing now huh which is I really appreciate they've been really understanding but I in no way want them to think that I think because I'm going through something I'm entitled to not being accountable for the things I still need to be accountable for yeah so and also because I feel like that demeans the appreciation where I'm like I've the them being patient with me isn't shouldn't be like an expectation. It's something yeah. that I think that is like so I think people still need to just recognize. And yeah, if you're going through something to the point where you're like, apparently I can't drag someone through the mud with it, like yeah. then you shouldn't date and you shouldn't, you know, put people through it. But. No, I I for sure agree with you. I just think that I felt like it was a genuine apology. And it was also like probably the first and honestly the first and maybe like only second. I've probably only had two, but it was the first like apology from a guy treating me shitty out of <laughs> many shitty men that have treated me badly and never apologized. But so I genuinely felt like it was sincere and it's also nice that you've gone. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I'm like, I also never have never really gotten apologies from yeah. being treated badly. I mean, I've gotten fake ones, but that seemed sincere. <laughs> yeah, no. And I'm so. sure it was sincere and I'm sure it was an addiction thing. Like it, that's really hard. And also being young. Yeah. And I, yeah, we both were young. I was, yeah, I was young and pressed. And like you said, sometimes you just need to get a hint like, you know what I mean? Like, I should have recognized, like, he's not interested. Instead of being like, wah, boo-hoo, you owe me an explanation. <laughs> I, like, asked an uh, I had an ex to put really, like, made my life a living hell. And he, uh, like, reached out years and years later. And I felt dumb because I tried to get, like, I actually tried to get an apology from him. Uh, in a way, where I brought it up. I brought up the way he treated me. And he didn't apologize. All he did was like, oh, I'm different. Like, all he was trying to say was like, I'm different now. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not the point. Like, it's a, it's the, what bums, it bummed me out. I regretted trying to get any sort of an apology. But it is really upsetting when, when you try and be like, hey, this still happened and still affected me to the extent that it, that it did. And you just want to act like, well, it doesn't matter because I'm different now. Then you're not different. Well, you know, it's actually, uh, What's interesting of why I think what made me more uh, inclined to feel like his was real. He didn't apologize. I'm sorry. Oh, the, the, the thing worse. I was trying to point out was that he did not apologize. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, well, not to not to bring it back to me, but I'm going to really quick say, explain to you. But uh, another thing is when he said sorry, I said something like, um, it's okay. I was really immature at that time. Um, you it, said you were immature? Yeah, I said it's okay. I was I, I think I said something like it's okay. I kind of handled things between us like kind of immaturely. Um, but I really appreciate it. Something like that. Because I do feel like I was immature. I should have just left him alone. Like I didn't need to, which I still think it was shitty of him. But I also don't think that you need to pry somebody at a party like to, you know, basically be like, wow, you too. Like I should have gotten the hint. Anyway, he was like, no, that's no excuse. Like I was, sh- yeah. So yeah, I genuinely felt like it was uh, sincere, but yeah, your, your story. It's doesn't... funny how like, I feel like I noticed this, but I brought this up with my sister the other mm-hmm. night because she got, we went to eat at the restaurant that she's worked at for years and years and years. And they discounted a lot of the bill. Mm-hmm. And because they discounted so much of the bill. Okay. I said, Hey, let's tip $20 each. Mm -hmm. We split the bill three ways. That would have been a $60 tip for the server. And I thought like it was a good tip. It was probably 25-ish percent on what the original bill was. Also, I want to recognize that the server isn't the one who decided to comp everything. The manager was. Also, you've worked at that restaurant for so long Mm -hmm. to the point where they're trying to move you up to a position where you will eat free anyways mm-hmm. sorry beside my I mean my point is is like I feel like the way you are and the way I sometimes am and the way she was in that moment where she was like I feel like we should tip more I'm like they did a kindness for you you should mm-hmm. just accept it yeah and then tip accordingly and then some mm-hmm. that's great But for you to think that you somehow have to make up for it's almost like, but we didn't have to pay this much of it. It's like, no, but it's because someone was trying to give you a kindness or it's like someone's trying to like be genuine and apologize to me. And then I'm like, no, but I'm sorry, too, because this and this it's like some moments you should because you can always do that later or another Mm -hmm. time. But step back and like accept the kindness or step back and accept the apology and let that wash over for you. And you know what? You can take that with you and you can pass it back on to them in the future or on to someone else in the yeah. future. You know, you don't need to like, sometimes we just need to ex- learn to accept things, but I feel like mm-hmm. we're so conditioned to feel sort of indebted. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I don't know why, but we are like conditioned to feel like once someone does something nice for us or we're, you know, somehow in debt to them, that's yeah. like not the case. And honestly, if somebody has like ulterior motives or they think because I did this for you, I should get this and this and this kind of lessens it anyways Mm -hmm. but yeah I think that that should be another thing yeah and that I feel like that 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 would be very ultimately like validating in the future for us to just kind of accept these things rather than you know feed into no definitely I mean it's even hard for me when like so I've had in the past somebody be kind of cheap with me and so now being older and like when a guy like just insists on paying all the time I feel like kind of gross I'm just like it's so sweet and like such a turn on but I don't want to expect it and I don't want them to think I'm like taking advantage of them and I want to contribute like yeah it's hard for me to accept and I do the same thing yeah yeah I I mean but the only thing I'm trying to do is not I'm not trying to be like I'm not going to accept it mm-hmm. but I try and be like I it's 
I don't know. I don't really know how to navigate that either yeah. because I'm it's like, awkward. how do I, how do I take this and also make it so you recognize that it's not the expectation mm. and it's appreciated. Yeah. Because I feel like I have to do the whole, which can be so awkward sometimes where it's like, oh, should we split it or like, yeah. you know? It's awkward. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's so hard, especially like nowadays because everything is weird. Dude, it's funny because I brought this up on a podcast earlier where I was like, I think my mom just wants me to get knocked up. And I, and I was like, and my mom told me the other day, she's like, I think that you should find a guy and, you know, like she, she suggested that I get knocked up, which I don't want a kid mm-hmm. unless I have like a partnership I don't really want a kid and I like the idea of having a partnership where like the child is a product of that right i um, not saying that any not trying to demean any other situations because I think that they are all equal and amazing but my mom was suggesting that I get knocked up and like don't tell the guy and just like have the child but I see what she's trying to say. It's gross, but I see what she's trying to say because I've seen friends have like really bad situations with baby daddies mm-hmm. because uh, men will like hold their power over the child, over their head and just kind of come in and out of the light. They're not like even taking responsibility for the fact that they're a father. They're using it as leverage. You'd have to have like a one night stand then to do that. How are you going to like hide your pregnancy? I know. I know. I, well, I'm not going to do this. I, no, just, I know, but I'm wondering what yeah. her suggestion is. No, but is then the- she was like, just have the kid. That way he has no basically walk away he's just make it so no man has any rights over the child and then you can meet somebody in the future who can then be a and I was like I was like if this is the way you like strategize and think maybe my dad (laughs) no I'm kidding I'm kidding uh my mom has trust issues I will say side note it is so fucking hot when a guy is like, you're having my babies. I love, yeah, no, I, fu- I freaking, what do they call that? A breeding fetish? It's hot. It is hot. Your ovaries tingle. Ooh. I'm just like, ah. Put a baby in me. <laughs> it's so hot. Or when they're like, all right, let's go practice making a baby. Uh, yeah. When, yeah, I fucking am all about it. I love like put a baby in me dirty talk kind of I don't really Mm. do it I don't know if I like it as much as I like like uh I like uh being on birth control (laughs) yeah that's nice it is always nice I miss I mean there are downsides to it but speaking of birth control uh I haven't been on it in a while because I'm not in a relationship anymore and I guess my boobs I mean I know this for a fact my boobs get way bigger on the pill so the other day I tried on an old bra of mine that I used to wear when I was on the pill and my boobs do not fit that shit they were small I was like whoa how disappointing how disappointing but it also was kind of cool because I was like oh whoa I had like big boobs yeah. on, on this so I guess if I get back on it but I was like damn I think it must be the pill well yeah it is because well, I have a inner uterine device and sometimes my boobies look very deflated but around that time of the month they look very full mm-hmm. uh they just like they kind of look big yeah like complete different sizes and at certain times of the month it's funny you used to call yourself flat and i'm like 
You think you're flat? You I don't think I nice call myself flat. Thank you. You used to. But I don't think I call myself. Maybe. It's possible I said flat, but I don't mean that. I just like don't have big boobs. I'm not like a big breasted woman. Well, yeah. They're not ginormous, but they're like, they're, they're, they're there. They're right. there. <laughs> there are some things that make me look flat. I, I It's Same. one of those things where I put on a sports bra and it's like, psh, I'm... No, you got to have the right, because I'm the, I'm the same way, like with anything, I know my, like there are certain things that make my ass look flat or my, or my boobs. You just got to find the right, you That's know, true, fit, yeah. if you will. <laughs> the best is when you, yeah, when you be having, you know, a little cleavage and you're feeling good, you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah, I wish like, I wish my boobs always looked as good as they do when I'm on my period. Mm-hmm. They just look, they're just a little swollen. They're, yeah. you know, they're a little filled out. Right. Which is fine. But then I'm also on my period, which I feel super sexy on my period. Dude, I am like horny on my period. Same. <laughs> it, I almost resent it. I feel. I'm horny and sad on my I'm period. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to be railed, but I also want to cry. I'm horny and manic <laughs> on mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it's been a good time. The best of times. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're going to go have fun dinner plans and I'm going to join. Should I just go have dinner instead of do the... I could always show up to it later if it's Let still happening. Let me not convince you to do wrong, no, but I yes. Know. I want to do stand-up. I want a glass of wine. I, I want to do stand-up too. I'm just... I could also go out with you guys and like get a drink. I'm not... Why are we figuring this out on the podcast? Yeah. You know what? We're going to let everybody go because okay. you don't give a fuck. All right. <laughs> Bye. You too.